Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, I'm Joe Levy, and on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were were just really high risk, unnecessarily so, and a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. and welcome to Movie Crush, the Broken Lizard Takeover Edition. That's right, everyone. I'm here in Pond City Market, Atlanta, and here's how this one came about. This was through a PR agency. I am thankfully in that loop now with some of these uh, PR folks where they will send stuff my way and say, hey, we got a movie coming out. We may be able to wrangle this person or that person from the movie. Are you interested? And I got an email about Broken Lizard, the comedy troupe uh, who all met at Colgate University in college, old college buds uh, who made the movie Super Troopers, which I'm a huge fan of, and Club Dread and Beer Fest. And today, Super Troopers 2 here on 420 uh, is being released. And so they had the guys available and I thought, well, you know, maybe I can get one or two of them in here um, with an hour each. And they went, no, they're on a press tour here's the deal. It's going to be all five guys in a studio and you've got like 35 to 40 minutes. So I said, well, why not? I checked with Noel to see if it was literally like realistic. And if we had the technological capabilities to get six of us in a room and Noel, because he is a ninja stud engineer said, sure, we can do that. And he did. He set it all up uh, with help from Ramsey, our ninja co-engineer for the show and the guys showed up downstairs went down and met him and with these PR things sometimes they don't even know what's going on they do so many things in a day and I said guys on the way up I said you you probably don't even know what the show is do you or what the format is and they said nope and I said that's what I thought I said usually I deep dive for an hour about a movie with a guest I said I've got about 35 minutes with five of you so you can each pick a movie on the way up in the elevator, and we can spend a few minutes on each. And they went, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just talk about Reservoir Dogs. And I said, great, because I've seen that movie a million times, and I'm a huge fan. Know it inside and out, as did they. And so that's what we did. And we talked about that 
and more. Um, it was surprisingly for just like 35 minutes or so, I feel like we got a lot done and it went better than I could have ever hoped. The dudes were super, super nice. So here we go with Jay and Kevin and Steve and Eric and Paul of Broken Lizard on Reservoir Dogs. And they are already recording, so. What is your favorite movie of all time? Jeez. I used to say. uh, We're rolling. I used to say Manhattan started. Great movie. That has become a little problematic. problematic. Uh, (laughs) The the, the weird thing about Manhattan that, like, I I watched it probably within the last year. Yeah. Is that he's taking her out on dates with his 35-year-old friends, 40-year-old friends, and nobody's, like, it's not even mentioned in the thing. That was the 70s 70s in New York, man. And I've said this before, but I get so frustrated when I see it now. I'm like. Just why didn't he just put her in college? Yeah, just well, make her like two years older. Right. Yeah, that's not what he sure wanted. Yeah, and it could, yeah. it's acceptably creepy. Yeah, no, and she and she actually in you the know. movie he picks her up at the, where I went to high school. Oh, really? On East 89th Street. Yeah, oh, Dalton. Wow. Does she go to Dalton in the movie? Or in the movie, good? she goes to Dalton. Okay. Yeah, really. Huh. Yeah, that's even weirder. It's weird, <laughs> but it's a beautiful looking film. It's a love letter to New York. It yeah, is. and that's why I loved it. But yeah. so since I can't say that movie anymore. I've kind of gone with Jaws. As Jaws my, is my number one movie of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we've already covered that. You know Roman <laughs> Mars, 99% Invisible, the podcast? No. You should listen to that. It's great. But Roman's pick was uh, Jaws, so we nerded out over that big time. Diet Coke, Steve. I'll take one of those bad boys. Thank you. Uh, Jaws, to me, is a perfect movie. It, that's how I describe it. It is a perfect movie. Yeah, even the, the, the accidents, like the fact that you can never see the shark is perfect. Uh-huh. That's, that's perfect. No, it's great. Great. Cream? No cream? cream. I don't. I got water. Uh, I had a coffee with cream, though. Is that black or cream? Or? Oh, thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, almost it. I mean, that. Well, once we get the cream, is all that on the <laughs> podcast? Is all that on the? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we'll, good. It's a demonstration that Jay fine. offered me his coffee. I think it's very. Yeah, yeah. You should you should rename the podcast the 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 coffee clatch. Yeah, coffee clatch with broken lizard. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. So you guys were kind enough in the last seven minutes as we walked up here to digest what the show was about. And instead of taking a deep dive with each of you yeah. over six minutes apiece, mm-hmm. uh, which would not be very deep, <laughs> a shallow dive. It's a shallow dive. We, uh, you all, immediately just said, "Hey, let's just talk about Reservoir Dogs." Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, so mind. I'm way down with that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. The um, we were living on Twentieth Street between Eighth uh, and Ninth Avenue in a house that was nicknamed the Flop House. There were six of us living there. Uh-huh. We had all four floors of it. It was like a kind of a rundown. Who was the sixth? Uh, it was not five of us. It was Kevin and I. Oh, and, okay. And then Although these guys lived on the floor there for a little while. I slept on the floor next to your bed. That's for right. A while. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. I, I shared a bed with Vince a for a while. Member who was uh, kicked oh, out unceremoniously. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there was a movie theater on Twenty Third between Seventh and Eighth uh, in Chelsea. And our friend Karen uh, came over and said he's just seen the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, and it's called Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> and we're like, okay. And so we smoked a little and went over re- literally that evening. Mm-hmm. And Kevin and I saw it, and we were absolutely blown away. So then we went back, I think, the next day and saw it again. Well, you guys are pretty passionate about it. I remember you you saying, you got to check out this movie, I've, and I'll go see it again with you. And so I think you, you saw it like two <laughs> or three times in the theater. And yeah. We we all went then. You, you recruited us to go check it out. And 
Sure. It I, delivered. And, you know, this was... Loved it. This was the beginning of that time where you'd walk around the corner to this multiplex and see small movies. Yeah. You see Clerks. You see Sex, mm-hmm. Lies, and Videotape. And as, as young guys who, at that time... We're focused on doing sketch comedy that was, you know, 50% live routine, 50% short little video bits just to, uh, to cover costume changes. It really steered us towards yeah, filmmaking is what we should be doing in long form storytelling because mm-hmm. holy shit, now people like us with no money are, are doing things that you can go see in a multiplex. Yeah. And it felt, it felt revolutionary and it felt for us like, all right, let's, let's go that direction. Yeah. I mean, at that, not to date ourselves, but at that moment in time there, you know, the internet was just kind of starting out and there was no <laughs> the internet. YouTube and you know, yeah, you, that, I'm 47. So we're sort of, in okay. We're all, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But so we, I mean, we were at our live shows, we would haul this huge TV upstairs and we, we had these videos that we shot like on VHS tapes that would, we'd pop in a videotape and and play it for the the crowd and so That's this crazy. was the, this was essentially the youtube of that time was this yeah. independent film boom yeah i was talking the other day with a friend about how we used to share remember when you used to dub things onto vhs tapes which was essentially the pre youtube of like reverend uh the farting preacher yep. or you know these things that you record off of tv late night mm-hmm. and you would pass them along among your friends eric yeah. and i were just talking about listening Recently, to the yeah. jerky boys together on cassette you <laughs> know like that. a bootlegged cassette in one a, they were in a parking how lot in the car yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how i was introduced yeah, yeah. Yeah. But wasn't that yeah. the south park that first thing they passed around was the same yeah. Yeah. first yeah, yeah. spirit of christmas on, yeah, yeah spirit of christmas on a vhs i remember i got a copy of that i mean the only reason we watched certain movies over others like we had uh we a couple of us lived in the same fraternity house in, at Colgate University, and I had a television and a VHS deck, and people would rent movies, and they'd come to my room to watch them, yeah. and then they would leave them, because they forget them, and then we would forget who brought it, <laughs> uh-huh. right. and then we would just watch whatever movie that was over and over. Yeah. Like, we watched Young Fletch Guns 50 times. Oh, yeah. We, we oh, had God, a, a big Guns one too. we had was uh, Vernon, Florida. Vernon, Florida. Uh, Errol Morris. Morris. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. number one documentary. We've seen it, really? 50, we've so seen it 50 times. You know? But that uh, was the interesting thing about Bill and Ted. Reservoir Dogs also, is that the somebody got a laser disc. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And our mm-hmm. and our buddy brought that or you got the laser somebody had the laser I disc. A laser disc player. And that was the was first laser it. disc that we had. That and so good. we watched Reservoir yeah. Dogs on laser disc over and over again. It was high it's like an, you know, yeah. for those who don't know, it's a big it's like an album, you know. Yeah, yeah but that's gigantic the album. theatrical I mean it's like, you know, Reservoir Dogs that scene, the opening scene, you know, in, in the diner and that oh, the man. camera's going around them. It's just like at that moment in time it was like holy shit and the conversation, mm-hmm. the dialogue it sort of reminds me of you guys in a way, like, uh, I mean, I know you you do a different thing than that, but, you know, five or six dudes sitting around a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're a dialogue-driven I mean, com- yeah, comedy sure. group. We are. We loved that opening yeah. scene. And and he's a comedian. Like, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino yeah. in his gut, is a comedian. Yeah. You know, I mean, his movies, it's, a lot of them are very funny. Yeah, and it was just so new at the time to mm-hmm. see... And now it's become, and everyone has ripped him off since then with yeah, the yeah. kind of scenes that he writes. But at the time, I just remember being so blown away about just seeing scenes in movies that didn't necessarily go anywhere, mm-hmm. that yeah. were just there to see 
five guys sitting around the table talking about whether you should tip or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and just, you know, mind, mind blowing. And it's, it's a real conversation because there's tangents all over the place. They're talking yeah. about Madonna. I tuned out after Borderline. <laughs> you know, the dicks. How many dicks is that? Yeah. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. A lot of dicks. Yeah. A whole lot of dicks. <laughs> yeah. She's digging tunnels. <laughs> He's like Charlie, motherfucking Charlie Bronson. Yeah. 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 You can see that not just in a movie, then see it in a movie interspersed with gunplay yeah. and blood and guts and excitement and torture was just like, Wait, what? What yeah. is this? And and you know, the same thing with Vernon, Florida. One of those things like it's how we started talking to each other when mm-hmm. quotes from the movie. Oh my god! And that was like you know, first That's time in terms the of this group. Of it. Yeah, yeah, with it, yeah, <laughs> with Vernon, Florida. My friend actually befriended. You guys will appreciate this more than anyone. Uh, he befriended the turkey hunter in the last oh, really? years of his life. Oh, really? You you can't can't down down I've traveled there twice. Oh, really? Yeah, I've been there twice. Did you just, see the guy? Well, the so, pilgrimage? Yeah, well, I was just so curious uh, yeah. about it. We watched it so many times in college. He's that Florida. My parents live in the panhandle of Florida, oh, right. so it's not that far away. So, so I, I made a pilgrimage over there. Yeah. And funny, in college, I I had a camera that film, so I went there and I took all these. Photographs only to get back. I was so excited to show the guys these pictures I took. Oh, only to find great. out I didn't put film in my camera. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys, I went to Vernon, Florida. But I think about it like if, if <laughs> you, you know, the, the thing that we are trying to do with our movies is have this thing that like will have like at least a dozen things that you find yourself saying to your, your friends. Yeah. And Realizing now, looking back on it, the things we were watching at that time, that was the sort of the, the barometer of, mm-hmm. is this awesome or not? Is do you quote it? And clearly that sort of sunk in. I don't know that we ever talked about it writing Super Troopers, but now I look at it, it was like, oh yeah, you, you want there to be these mm-hmm. things that people just end up saying, their buddy, buddies end up saying to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I remember the, the two initial reactions I had. I remember I loved the sound in that diner scene, like just the way it, it sounded mm. different than other movies. Like you could hear the, the clinking of the silverware on the, on the saucers. And, yeah. and then, you know, the, the other thing was like when you first see the flashback of Mr. Pink of Buscemi and he just comes out of the car and starts firing at the oh, cop yeah, car. Man. So like, cause these guys had recommended it and they were bringing me to see it. Like, it's like that thing when you bring a friend to a movie and you're kind of watching them, like, to see what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Jay, like, when Buscemi got out and started firing away, Jay just turned and looked at me, and I was yeah. like, holy <laughs> fucking shit, those are loud gunshots. You're like, that's the proper reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and kick-ass the soundtrack. I mean, I remember, like, yeah. loving the music on it. The slow-motion oh, walk. Yeah. Those guys or even when, yeah. when uh, Michael Madsen walks into Joe's house, and they, you can hear those footsteps just walking down the, down the mm-hmm. hallway. Yeah. yeah. And then Joe's like, how about a little Remy Maud? Yeah, we all do yeah. that one. Right? That was the... And they start wrestling, right? Oh, and they're just hanging that, out. Dad? He yeah. tried to fuck me. Toothpick Vic, I see you staying in there, but I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, man, so sad to lose you, Chris Penn. Yeah. All right, that. enough of this. You yeah. Do, yeah. You do yeah. All right, enough. Yeah. You want to wrestle around? Go over there. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Yeah. What's uh, Lawrence Tierney? Huh. Was that his name? Yeah, Lawrence Tierney. Tierney. Yeah. Kevin is kind of yeah, the Lawrence Mr. Tierney Pink of our group. Yeah. 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 Everybody brown, wants to be brown Mr. like shit. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. 
With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of the last podcast on the left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join Join us. us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy! But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. Well, it's definitely one of those movies that th- there was just no way that you see that movie as a dude like us in college and just say, oh, you know, I'm just not going to tell anyone about that. Yeah. Like you proselytized about Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was so new and fresh. And I'm my friend, I remember my buddy Jason Jenkins in college. What are you doing? Come over tonight. We're watching this fucking movie. Yeah. And Don't love, even ask love me it, questions. Right. And yeah, then I they they passed it, it yeah. to my brother and other people. And uh, I know Tarantino's got a, a little stale now. But we still, but I mean, I we know. talked about the other I night about like still trying yeah. to make sure, like, you know, like somebody hadn't seen Hateful Eight. And I'm still like, you got to see it. I mean, it's Y'all are still, still 100%, huh? I, you yes, know what? I, I am. When, yeah. uh, Inglorious right. Bastards, I, I think Inglorious Bastards is his best movie. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that. I mean, it's a heavy watch. Like, you, you know, it's going to take a lot of time out of your day. But I love that. And then, I mean, Django came out and, yeah. and Hateful I thought that's the joking scene when the hoods and Django was uh-huh. one of the funniest scenes yeah. I've in, seen in a long in, time. Inglorious yeah. Bastards has a uh, Beer Fest reference. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was shooting. He's a, he's a fan of ours. And we're, you guys met him? We're friends. Yeah. 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 We're friends oh, with okay. him. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in... Berlin sh- getting ready to shoot that movie and he called me up when we, we had a, d- a deal at Warner Brothers and he said can you send me Beer Fest I want to show my crew the movie we're really making uh-huh. and I was like <laughs> okay so we we sent it over there and I, that didn't really hear back but then in the in in that under sort of bar uh-huh. uh the the jer- the Nazi where who's wearing all black he's he's holding a, a glass booth Oh wow! And he said, "Oh yeah, that's my beer fest." That's great. But there's yeah. also what is it in Death Proof? They drive by like a a drive-in. They're driving marquee, down College Street, yeah, yeah. And beer fest is on the marquee. Or was it Club Dread or Club Fest? Dread? One of our yeah. movies is on the marquee. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, that's great. he's been cool about. I feel bad that I said he's stale. Then, but I mean, look, he's become problematic also. And and stale. I think I think I just feel like some of his more recent movies have been a little over long. And slightly indulgent. Well, he's yeah, he's more he's definitely. he's more polished. You know, it's, it's kind of like the Kings of Leon. Like you listen to those early albums, oh, so and they're great. like super indie and, and uh-huh. hard rock. And now they're a little bit, you know, yeah, more produced. But I think everyone once you get more success and power, then you just do the things you want to do. And sometimes you go off on flights of fancy. Yeah, no one's sure. no one's going to say no. No one's pulling no. you back. You know, and absolutely. Reservoir Dogs was a tight. Yeah, you know, made it for whatever he made it for. The gritty. Yeah. Now he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Shoots on seventy millimeter film, and you know. I mean, it's <laughs> in the winter. Yeah. In the winter, yeah, yeah. It makes three hour movies. Chase the snow. Yeah, <laughs> those guys. Yeah, we we met uh, in nineteen ninety six. We brought our first movie, Puddle Cruiser, we uh, to the South by Southwest Film Festival in uh-huh. Austin, Texas, and we road tripped there from New York City, and we heard that Tarantino was there, and, and a friend of ours had directed this documentary, uh, Full Tilt Boogie, which was behind the scenes. Uh, making of uh from dust till dawn oh wow her name was sarah kelly and uh she said i'm gonna try to get quentin to come see your movie and uh she said that in front of his partner uh-huh. 
and he was like, "Oh no, we can't uh, we can't do it that night because Junior Brown is playing and uh, and." Quentin loves Junior Brown, so you know I got him the tickets. I'm not. Uh, we're not coming to see your movie. We we're so oh man bummed oh. out, and uh, you know we still saved a row of seats for him. And like one minute before the screening of our movie started, like Tarantino and Richard Linklater, Mike, Mike Judge, Mike Judge, yeah. and wow. the whole crew just came around the corner, the triumvirate, yeah, 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 in yeah. a cloud the of Austin. smoke. They yeah. were high, <laughs> high as shit, and they sat in the front row, and you heard the the Tarantino laugh, like. <laughs> And then Mike Judge was like, Ooh. yeah, the boom. They were laughing during the movie. Yeah, and then we went out with them afterwards, and like they just told us. I mean, we were fanboying out hard. We're just oh, asking that's him incredible. questions, and yeah. we had Mike Judge do uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think my favorite scene or sequence in Reservoir Dogs. It's hard really to pick, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the Tim Roth backstory scenes mm-hmm. where okay. he's learning the uh learning the part you fucking read a man yeah and the way he intercut it through performing on the rooftop to performing in front of the graffiti wall yeah to then when it goes into real time that didn't even happen in the bathroom with the cops yep and the dog barking mm-hmm. it was just like blew me away so original the way he like intercut that yeah i, I always remember the french fries that uh, that his his boss is licking his fingers. They're eating some yeah. French fries, sucking some ketchup off his fingers. Like, yeah. hey, little no to a jam if I know. Yeah. I like when he presses the hand dryer and the jet engine sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. kind of ramps to slow. Wow, yeah. so that cool. cool. Yeah. We shot him in the fucking face. <laughs> I will shoot you in the face. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, did those cops influence Super Troopers at all? Because they were like straight up. Broken yeah. wizard. Yeah, they were right. with yeah. I will shoot, I will you, in shoot face. you in the fucking yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great line. That's a great line. And then they all just turn and look at yeah, him. And at the dog. Yeah, and the dog. Yeah, the dog. Yeah, so great. The dog looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because as we talk about it, I'm like, God, I need to go back and watch this movie again. It's been, it's been a while it's been for a while. me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What are some of your favorite uh, scenes? God, I, I love when Michael Madsen comes in with the with the soda, the the drink, and he's just drinking out of the straw. Yeah, like I bet you're a big Lee Marvin fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that 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 first Michael Madsen stuff. You're like, who the fuck is well, this you, guy? Where are your French fries? Yeah, <laughs> you fries that shit, yeah. Mister Blonde. Yeah, I like cool. when Chris Penn is confronting Buscemi about Madsen's loyalty. Right. Yeah. Like, out of the fucking blue. Out of the fucking oh, blue. Yeah. He's gonna betray us. Yeah. Just spit like flying. <laughs> yeah, he's just spitting. He's just spitting. You're like, oh no. I like yeah. and when when you know he comes and he sees that he's been torturing the cop. He's like, if you beat this man long enough, he will tell you he started the goddamn Chicago <laughs> yeah. fire. But that <laughs> don't, don't necessarily make it fucking so. Yeah. But that's the and thing he was right. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. that that ear scene though. It's like you know it's become uh, rote and cliche. I feel like yeah. people are like. But it's like, but the don't remember the first time oh you saw God. it? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Steelers and shit. Even oh, though it pans yeah. off. And we talked I still about it. I remember like thinking I was going to have like a. Yeah. A, we yeah, talked to him about that too. And it was like, you know, when he panned up in the biggest moment, he pans up into the corner of the room yes. yeah. just, just to, to hear, hear the screams. Scream. And oh. he just had to take the edge off. And it right? says, what, above the arch, it says like headroom, yeah, right? There's some sort of graffiti up there that he had painted specifically up there. Well, and then immediately he takes the piss out of the scene when he talks into the ear. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. But yeah. first, he does them in gasoline. Oh, like right. even before, like <laughs> the air, like yeah. he's just pouring gas yeah. on his head. Yeah. It's like Marvin oh. Nash. Yeah, Dash, Muffin. I'm dying here. I'm dying. Who is that? Where's that guy, man? Oh yeah, who was that? Like the only girl. guy who didn't last in the. But he's uh, shown up. Like that's he's had a couple cameos. Yeah, I can't remember where. Like I'm like, oh my god, that's the cop. I don't. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, do. I, do. I, do. I do. I don't remember that. Well, I and do. the way it unfolds at the end, too, with uh, all the reveals of uh, Tim Roth, of course, and Harvey Keitel and position he's in and yeah. uh, all that yeah. bad lieutenant groaning he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just so brutal, the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping Harvey Keitel is going to wind up in the new Tarantino Star Wars or Star Trek movie as like a Klingon or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Alita. I feel like I just quoted that scene the other day where it's like, I don't have a fucking boss. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that the guy that gets doused in gas? Mr. Blum uh, says that. He yeah. says it too. Who's your He's boss? Like, your boss. Yeah, I don't have a boss. Ask your boss. Ask your Ask boss. Yeah. I don't have a fucking boss. <laughs> Mr. Blum is so badass. <laughs> He's so tough. Yeah. Yeah, I, rem- I remember too being um, trying to work out the geography of that uh, warehouse, right? The coffin warehouse. Yeah, you know, we we would sit around and watch it, and we would try and figure out like when they would go into the bathroom, right? And, which direction? Yeah, it was like I, yeah. I could never figure out the layout. It always mm-hmm. confused me somehow. Yeah, yeah. Which like they would look out the door, and you are they looking the wrong way? Yeah, right. like you're really nerding out on a movie when you've yeah, seen it so much. You're trying, you're trying to work to out, out the to blueprint it. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. also he tells them how to go to the bathroom in that first scene. Oh yeah, like, go to no, the take left. I gotta take a squirt. Come on, where's the come on? I gotta take a squirt, and then he tells them like, go up there. No, 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 no. That was the other thing about that movie was like the commode. You're like, what kind of language are these guys speaking? It's so yeah. fascinating. Yeah, there were so many great little character touches too, like um, when uh, combing the combing of the hair. When Harvey Keitel combs yeah. his hair, and oh, then yeah. later on, he combs Tim's Roth's, uh, Tim yeah. Roth's hair. As I'm dying over you, Larry. I'm dying over you. Yeah, you sounded sort of like a Muppet, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Say the fucking words. I'm not going to Say the fucking words. You really got the sense that he was heartbroken, though, oh, yeah, yeah, over yeah. that betrayal. Yeah. You know, it was, I felt so bad for I, everybody. I liked him explaining that a gunshot is the most painful place to shoot a guy but it will not kill you oh, oh, yeah. a, gut, a gut shot a gut, yeah. 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 A gut yeah. shot yeah and, and if you got a real cowboy the stomach, the two yeah, most places yeah. <laughs> but it will yeah. not kill you yeah that great jarring cut when they uh cut to the back seat scene yeah and tim roth is just like blood a, everywhere yeah, blood yeah. yeah, yeah because you're it, it feels you come out of that opening being like Oh yeah, yeah, these guys are gonna go do a caper, nah, 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 and then you got right. a guy dying, screaming <laughs> oh, yeah. and crying in the back of a car, speeding along. Yeah, yeah, yeah like blood that lady out of the car. Yeah, it was just also real. Yeah, because movies, they you killed know, that lady. Too. You, we're so conditioned to lady. seeing yeah. the Hollywood version yeah. of a shootout and stuff. And when you saw this, you were like, "Holy shit, that's that's what it looks like." Yeah, yeah, yes. that not weird, yeah, randomness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then of course, Pulp Fiction comes out, and that was like a an appointment movie for us after Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. sure. It was on the radar and opening yeah, day absolutely. type uh, of thing. It didn't sneak up on us. It was cool, too, because I can't remember specifically, but it's like that was the beginning of the Quentin Tarantino universe where you're like, oh, including True Romance, where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, Alabama. They mentioned her, you know, in Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then Vic Vegas. And, Vic, uh, yeah. And the Travolta. I don't know anybody yeah. who moves ice. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they reference that in Reservoir Dogs, they go, you do that man-women thing long enough, it'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. The, two, the husband-wife crime team. Right, Good right. Thief. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lived in Los Feliz when I lived in L.A., and I remember being blown away when I, I would go to the Vista Theater all the time, you know, there in, uh, mm-hmm. you guys live in L.A., right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And so that was sort of my go-to theater, and then I'd lived there probably a year and a half before I realized that was 
the movie theater from True Romance. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, no, that's Detroit. <laughs> right. then, you know, those steam coming <laughs> up right, from the right, main right, hall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, wait the a safari the magic of movies. Yeah. Over yeah. Burbank, the safari We uh, shot yeah. a we TV pilot, pilot yeah. for TBS well, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Shot. Yeah, that's, that's uh, uh, Burbank. an olive yeah. In, yeah. in kind of Burbank in, in Burbank, the Valley. Yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah, it's just stuff like that. We like shooting in a location where True Romance was. I know. But I think we tried to find out from him where that garage was where they shot Reservoir Dogs. I can't remember where it was, though. Oh, I'm sure he it's told just us where it was. I mean, it's out there. Van Nuys. The yeah, yeah, exactly. Just some nameless alleyway. I mean, you know, warehouse. That's how you stayed low budget. It's such a confident place. first film. I yeah. Mean, so confident. You can't even believe how confident that is. Like the shot yeah. choices. And you'd never, I would never have had the guts to do those shots mm-hmm. or, or to do the, that sound mix or to pan away. I mean, none of it. You're yeah. Like, or even the narrative structure. No way. Oh, yeah. No yeah. way. So gutsy. Or to start a movie with a scene in a restaurant about yeah. tipping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or to even just do that circular shot. You're like, there's so many dangerous issues with eye lines and how right. to do that that you're like, you know, we should never attempt that. Yeah. <laughs> also, the casting, you know, it's like, and they're just really interesting looking guys. Yeah. That are sitting at that table. Real, like real dudes. You're like, that's a scuzzy dude over there. Yeah. You know? Well, in the title, like, they are reservoir dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so appropriate. Yeah, and Madsen was just the coolest fucking guy on the great. planet at the time. Yeah, we tried to get him. We had we had him actually for Slam, the Slam and Salmon movie that we made a couple years ago, and he was in the opening. He was going to be the guy in the opening scene, and then uh, he was in Hawaii, and like two days before we shot the scene, he didn't want to leave Hawaii, and so he bailed on us. He bailed out on us. Oh man, right. we hired that guy Jeff Chase. It was great, yeah. but um, we were, we were close. But he didn't. He didn't want to leave Hawaii. Oh, I can see Madsen on a beach, like yeah, yeah. He had that that moment in time because Thelma and Louise was the other, mm-hmm. and I think he was, oh, yeah. he was a good guy. He was so he played a very likable yeah, guy, rad. Yeah. 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 Thelma yeah. and Louise, like that's the coolest boyfriend ever. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he understands her, and he respects her. Yeah, right. and he's good looking. Yeah, he was no Brad Pitt, but come right. on. Yeah, <laughs> but I, that's <laughs> what I think. I, one of the things I liked so much about Hateful Eight was seeing Madsen be that way again yeah. you know because he's kind of at that point you catch him anywhere and weird stuff and it you know doesn't feel like he's working in particularly interesting <laughs> right, right. Uh, platforms and then sure. you're back back in a tarantino movie and you're like that's right the guy is awesome when he's sort of well used or yeah in something that's elevated did you like him in kill bill <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah but i don't know what it is hey that's that, that, something about that character in hateful eight that uh, i thought was really cool yeah yeah i liked hateful eight yeah it was it was good. I mean, it looked amazing, of course. It was amazing, yeah. And the acting, like Jennifer Jason Lee and, uh, and yeah, Kurt right, Russell. Right. Isn't yeah, the, like the conversations there. in that movie. We're just like that. To me, is when he's at his best. When you're like, holy shit, I'm 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 watching a big, you know, giant movie. But really, what I'm doing is just listening to a conversation that's like so interestingly written, and 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 the the the, the, just the dialogues. Which that is funny bit with the door too just always kills me. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just such a Tarantino thing. Yeah. Just to have that be a recurring motif. But like in like in Glorious Bastards, you know, I, I always think about that scene uh, you know, where she's sitting at the table and Christopher Waltz, you know, they've got the strudel mm-hmm. he's smoking yeah. the cigarette, he's putting the cigarette out and the and the thing, he's so meticulous. And yeah. again, it's like you can hear the sound mix, the, the silverware on the you hear his lips smacking while so much tension. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and there's so much tension. Same with the bar scene that you were talking about, Jay. Like uh there and people are talking about everything but the situation at hand. There's mm-hmm. this underlying tension that I think he's mastered 
that nobody else can really duplicate. He yeah. does that in the opening scene too with the with the farmer in the uh, oh, my oh yeah, God. it's a great in, scene in too. the farmhouse. Such a great scene. And that general scene with Mike Myers, yeah, glorious bastards. Yeah, because I remember like in that opening scene too, he's like, "Why don't we speak English?" And I was like, "Oh, he's just doing that so he doesn't have to do the subtitles." And then you know the character makes perfect sense, but he's like, "That those people down there won't be speaking English, so yeah. I know you do." Tense. Yeah. So guys, we usually finish with a five questions thing. Okay. And I think I might try that okay. and just rapid fire. Mm. Don't overthink it. Okay. And I'll just go around. Okay. All right? Okay. Great. Okay. So the first question is, what's the first movie you remember seeing in the theater, Jay? Uh, it was uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Great movie. Steve? Uh, no Deposit, No Return with Don Knotts. Oh, man. He's the best. Sorry, it was the Apple Dumpling game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great movie. A string of, yeah, yeah. Disney yeah. live action. Yeah. It's the same with me. One of the, it was one of those Kurt Russell's, you know, one of those Kurt Russell movies. When yeah, he was yeah. Like the Disney the, kid, like the world's strongest Strongest, dad, strongest or, kid in the world. Yeah, or, like that, yeah. Gus the Mule or one of those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gus. Oyich. Oyich. Oh, that's right. Oyich. Fantasia, too. I remember Fantasia, like that night on Bald Mountain scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Escape. From which mountain? That's yes, when I realized yes, yeah. this was a straight male. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, sure. Was cute. Without a okay. doubt. Yeah, right. long time. I think my first movie was a Shaggy DA. Mm. <laughs> or a Carbon Copy, which was an early Denzel yeah. Washington, George, George Siegel. Siegel. Yeah, yeah. One of those two. We're from the same uh, world, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I don't remember seeing kids' movies in the theater. I remember my dad dragging me to stuff that he wanted to see. So I remember Midway uh-huh, and yeah. then Butch Casting the Sundance Kid, which mm. became, oh, that's in my top top yeah. five. Yeah, so, we, but, I covered that on the show, Paul F. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and maybe that's oh, cool. why that's the first one I remember. That was the first time in a theater just being like, holy shit, wow, yeah. movies are incredible. Yeah, yeah, my dad did that too. He drugged me to see the Big Red One, yeah. the yeah. horror movie. And yeah. that was, I think, my first R-rated movie, which is the next question. Do you remember your first R-rated movie? Uh, I don't, but I remember the first time I saw a woman in underwear. Uh, it <laughs> well, was, who doesn't? It was <laughs> in uh, the Cassandra Crossing, which is like one of those train movies that's trying to cross over this bridge that's going to be blown up. Uh-huh. It, it sounds like another movie, but uh, <laughs> uh, but that's the I saw this woman in white underwear, and I'm like, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Sign yeah. me up. That's what I, I like that. My dad took me to see Animal House in the theater in, oh, in 78. That's great. And that uh, the pillow fight uh-huh. scene, uh, I was like, holy shit. Like looking at those girls, uh-huh. topless girls. And, you know, my dad turned to me and I thought, here comes some good advice. But he just said, this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Hey, I'm Joe Levy. And on the latest episode of Inside the Studio, I sat down with one of the all-time great singer-songwriters, James Taylor. We talked about his new album, where his music comes from, and how telling his life story through his songs has helped him. Music saved my life, but I was lucky also to survive. I did some very stupid, some some years that were, were just really high risk, unnecessarily so. And a lot of people around us died, you know. So join me, Joe Levy, editor-at-large at Billboard, for this and other in-depth conversations with the biggest artists in music. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I, a buddy of mine and I snuck into Up in Smoke. Oh, man. Uh, oh, wow, nice. 
that's cool. that was the first rated R thing, and we had no idea what was going on, yeah. but mm-hmm. it was you know hilarious. It was hilarious. It was hilarious know? without knowing what drugs were. Yeah, I didn't know. Like when he right. s- they snorted like uh, what are they Ajax? They, Ajax, uh-huh. right? And we're like, whoa, you yeah. know, we're like, what the hell? I remember that moment. We're like, what's going on here? <laughs> I started to see Jaws oh, as wow. a kid. I think it was like a shark movie. And after it was that, a shark movie. it was, but I thought <laughs> it was like, little did I know that I was going to be afraid to take a bath after that. Like yeah, yeah, I was yeah, afraid yeah. to go in a swimming pool. Yeah. I was afraid to go in the bathtub. For sure. An irrational fear. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. My, my dad brought me to see Jaws in the theater too. And, uh, he got me a Jaws poster that I stuck on the wall in my bathroom and I shut the door. And then I didn't open the door again for another two years. Because <laughs> I thought that I would open it and water and a shark were going to spill out on me right. and, and eat me terrifying. in my bedroom. Terrifying. Yeah, that poster got on his teeth. That was terrifying. I walked out of The Shining. Oh, really? I was afraid of it. As a kid. And I, I went and went to like a G-rated movie and my friends all came out and they were like talking about Red Rum and the Twins. <laughs> uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember your first R-rated movie, Paul? Uh, yeah, my sister and I dragged my dad. Uh, and I think this was our alien. Um... Certainly, I think of it as the first one that I had no business seeing at 10 years old. Oh, boy. Uh, um, but, really? uh, yeah, because oh. that's what started the whole horror fascination that I have. So, yeah, I remember going and uh, packed house. So we only had front row available. So oh, seeing Alien uh, as a 10-year-old oh. in the front oh. row oh. Uh, was nuts. My God. <laughs> when that thing comes out of the stomach, you're like, oh, yeah. my. That was one of those that my... Uh, you wow, know, there was a very great. regimented system in my family of when you were allowed to see certain things. Yeah, yeah. So my older brother went and saw Alien. I couldn't see it. He went and saw Apocalypse Now. But I have very distinct memories of that deal. I don't know if you have older siblings, but sat up all night, and he literally told me the whole mm-hmm. movie yeah. both times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh my God, and this thing came out of his gut. And then it was running down the hall. And then they, <laughs> yeah. were, they were bleeding milk. They were bleeding milk. Uh, <laughs> I recently alert. saw the Spoiler documentary alert. on Alien, really Scott documentary on oh, it. And wow. they were saying, they didn't know if it was going to be successful at all. But as soon as they screened it, people were running out of the theater, throwing up, and they knew they had a hit on their hands. <laughs> That's a good sign. Uh, will you walk out of a bad movie? Yes, I. I will. I, I will walk out of. I've walked out of plenty of movies. Okay, because I'm movies. like, you guys are not doing your work, and you've you you've tricked me into seeing this thing. Do you stomp out with your arms crossed? No, I usually <laughs> sneak out because I don't want someone to see me right. sneaking out of their movie. Right. As a public person. So I pretend to go to the bathroom and then I just slide along the wall and then I'm out. Right. <laughs> we had a funny thing happen. We we made a, a short film called The Tinfoil Monkey Agenda. This is before our first movie, Puddle Cruiser. It's like a 30-minute movie. And we went to uh, was the IFM in New York City at mm-hmm. the Angelica. And uh, Kevin, we you know, Tinfoil Monkey Agenda. So we put Kevin in a gorilla suit nice. to promote the movie and we wrapped him in tinfoil. And, uh, and you know, it's all these filmmakers trying to rope other people in to see their movie and uh-huh. everything. And so this uh, filmmaker roped Jay and Kevin into sitting through his his documentary. And yeah. so they went and sat down. He's in his gorilla suit. We didn't know what the documentary was. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But it turned out it was like a Holocaust movie. Like a hardcore oh, Holocaust God. movie. Right. So you're in there. I'm sitting <laughs> there. In a gorilla but the problem suit. is not him. The problem is me because I'm sitting with the monkey. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows who the monkey is. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. You're the asshole with so, the monkey. So yeah. I, who, who brings a monkey? I right. walked. Holocaust. Yeah. I stood up and, and left. Yeah. And then, then he's like, he's like, what should I do? I'm like, just stay a little. Don't walk out with me. I don't know. I think it was more like, see you later. And, and then, then you're the guy. And then, then you left. a little later, the monkey gets up and walks out. I, so I'm sitting alone there. I would give anything to be somebody in the back of that theater seeing a gorilla wrapped in tinfoil walking out of that thing. Yeah, like right. a Holocaust documentary. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did you pretend like you were using the bathroom? Is that your go-to? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not without Monkey, in case anybody wants to know. He sat next to me. Uh, what about you guys? Will you walk out of a bad movie? I, I usually don't walk. I'll usually like sit there and figure out why it's bad or whatever. But okay. I also tend to go to the movies with my kids now a lot and... They'll never, you know, they don't know. They don't, no. they're not going to walk out of a movie. All right, so kids, come on. There. This is a piece of shit. We're out of yeah, here. Like, no, I would pull kids. There are times no, I'll just sleep. I'll walk out and <laughs> walk onto the lobby and like walk around. I've done that. What was that? Oh, that Fantastic Beasts movie. Uh huh. I couldn't stand that movie. A lot of lobby time. For I, that I one? got a little lobby time on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Steve, will you walk out of a bad movie? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I like the artists involved with it. I, I walked out of uh, Analyze This. Mm hmm. Analyze that. Or Analyze this? the first one. I never saw that. That's good. Uh, you know what it was? It was like we were trying to get our movies made. It, it was between Puddle Cruiser and Super Troopers, uh-huh. and it was just so frustrating. And then seeing this stuff, I was like, "This is what they're making. Like, this is the comedy they're putting out there." And it gave me an anxiety attack. Like, yeah. I had to get up and walk out because I was having such a, a like a visceral negative reaction to, right. to seeing this movie. Okay, I always liked that movie more than you did, Afternoon. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a legitimately good movie. Oh, Analyze yeah, this. I, didn't, I, didn't I don't, like look, it. I didn't, never saw it again, but it was, <laughs> you could argue that parents liked it, and they there was a reason, because the rhythm was good, and there were two oh, I big, guess so. I, famous I guys, and I understand what the weakness is, but it's still, like, it was legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Eric? I was trying to think as we were thinking, I don't know if I've ever walked out of a, if, if I have, I can't remember, so I don't think I do. Okay. And I'm trying to think if Paul? I had. Yeah, I mean, I generally, as a rule, don't like to, because I... I still always enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. I was just raised to sort of just love being there. Um, though I, 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 we were, you were just talking, it reminded me of accidentally walking out of a movie. I mean, Lemmy and I went and saw Halloween H2O or whatever the kind of reboot was when we were living in New York. And we had gotten so high that when I left to go to the bathroom, I'd gotten completely lost <laughs> to the point where... Because this was, you know, it was a ways back when I, I don't think they had like, you know, sort of the LED sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. running over the theater doors. I don't know how I got so turned around <laughs> at some New York City multiplex, super high. Oh, and I went, I, I took a wrong turn and went and ended up outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like I missed like 40 minutes of the movie. So mm-hmm. I came back in and was like, what? What the fuck are you doing? I was like, I lost, man. So what happened? I was trying to get him to explain to me you know, everybody that Mike Myers had killed for, for the 40 minutes of the movie. Which is funny because when we were uh, promoting Super Troopers, the original, Fox flew us over to Australia. And they flew, you know, as the movies will do, they flew you first class. That was my first time flying first class. And so Paul and, and Kevin and I boarded in, in New York mm. to fly to Los Angeles and then picked up Stolhansky in L.A. But we had been drinking on the uh, on the entire flight <laughs> yeah. out there. We we're like, oh, a, a drink before Free? the plane Free takes off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, screwed their uh, yeah, Bloody Marys. Mm. So then Stolhansky, like, we drank some more in the airport, and we got on the airplane, and Stolhansky uh, pulled out bags of chocolate-covered pretzels and was like, here, eat these guys. And we were like, well, I don't want pretzels. He's like, eat them. Oh, eat them all. And then after we ate all the pretzels, he said uh, he confessed that he had melted the chocolate, baked weed into it, and then coated the pretzels (laughs) with the chocolate. And so we were just, at this point, now we're up in the air on our way to Australia, and we're flying. Like, we're out of our minds flying. flying. (laughs) I got up in the middle of the flight to to go to the bathroom, and I ran into Paul uh, by the bathrooms, and he was, like, shivering. And and I was like, what's up, man? He's like, I'm lost. (laughs) You get lost a lot. I got lost on on the airplane. On on an airplane, I got lost. That's how how high we were. I mean... (laughs) Because also, like, 
this, we we boarded that plane. We realized that you had dosed us, and I, and we were like, all right, this could be fun. Let's have yeah, a good time. But it was a, it was an overnight flight, so they shut all the lights off. Yeah, and everybody went to sleep, and there was no entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh my God, <laughs> you I'm were as the high as I've ever been. And it's, I'm on a dark plane and everybody else is asleep. And I just walked to the plane. It was a, it was a double decker at least. Yeah. So oh, I could go well, up that, and down. That, 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 that bought me an extra Lost. seven yeah. minutes of, <laughs> of diversion. But when I found you, you were scared. I was. I was like, how am I going to survive? I was like, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, is there like a parachute? Like I was considering like <laughs> I would bail. Your, your nightmare at 20,000 feet. No, I, 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 he was like, I can't, down there. I can't find my seat. And I was like, it's, you know, it's really simple. You, you look for the row where your friends are. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be an empty space and that's where you go. But so I walked him back to his, uh, his seat. All right, dude. So you're telling me you got to go. Uh, okay. Catch okay. a plane. Okay. I wish yeah. we had more time. Good yeah. stuff. Right. But thanks good. for coming in. This yeah. was great. Thanks. Right. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Very yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Thank All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. I sure as heck did. Big fan of those dudes. They could not have been nicer. Uh, it was really refreshing to see these five guys come in, and they were, you could tell they were old buds. They like each other. Uh, I felt like we could have been friends if we had gone to the same college, if I'd migrated north to Colgate University. We definitely came from the same world, and I was a little jealous that I'm not the sixth broken lizard, but that's okay. I am fine with my station here in life. And it was a lot of fun talking to them about Reservoir Dogs and more. Super Troopers 2 comes out today in theaters everywhere, 420. It's great to see those guys back in uniform and back in their mustaches all these years later. Big fan of the original, and the second one is really, really funny. So go check it out and support the guys and whatever they endeavor to do. Thanks for listening, and until next week, why don't you go out and form a comedy troupe, and why don't you go out and make your own movie? Do it, people. edited, engineered, and scored by Noel Brown from our podcast studio at Pond City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. Tillman Bay. Tillman Bay. Bay is weak. We need to rebuild. The epic fiction podcast Tillman Bay returns. Have we met before? Oh, yes, General. You have no choice. It has to be done. In the name of God. What have you done? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's nothing you wouldn't do for your child. From watching their soccer game in the pouring rain to soothing a crying baby at 4 a.m. You love your kids. So love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Car seats reduce fatal injury by 54 to 71% for toddlers and infants. Car crashes are a leading cause of death for children under 13, but when used correctly, safety restraints can dramatically reduce the risk of fatality or injury. It's critical that every trip, every time children are in the right seat for their age and size, and that children under 13 years of age are always buckled up in the back seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to learn more. This message is brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.